And I invite you this morning to turn to the New Testament to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. As you turn there, for a long time I thought that for God, holiness meant someone who was somber. Do you know what somber means? It means someone who is sad and serious. I thought for God, holiness meant someone who's critical, ready to be righteously angry at a moment's notice. Wherever that idea came from, it did not come from the Bible. And I know that because after a fairly long period of listening to the Bible on this point, I've come to understand that for God, holiness means joy. And therefore, it must mean happiness and contentment. That holiness means patience and kindness. Justice and truth? Yes. Also, mercy and wisdom. Because for God, holiness is the way that he relates to himself and to his creation. Which is why then, for us, holiness also especially means thankfulness. In the Bible, one of the most repeated commands, probably the most repeated command that God gives is to be thankful. And it's the most common act of God's people in worship. So think about the Psalms. Of the 150 Psalms, only a handful, three, four, maybe five, don't have some form of thanksgiving in them. All but two of Paul's letters start with very specific most of them long explosions of thanksgiving for God and for his people. And if you look at worship in both the Old and the New Testament, you'll see that the goal of worship is not that we would go home sad and serious, maybe a little angry. The goal is doxology. The goal of worship is to leave full of praise full of joy, with hearts that are open to God in thanks and open in love toward our neighbors, toward each other. All that to say, it took me too long to understand that for God, holiness and thanksgiving are inseparable and that God wants to give us the freedom of gratitude that comes from a joyful awareness of the profound treasures of the blessings which he has showered upon us. I'm going to say that again. God wants to give us the freedom of gratitude that comes from a joyful awareness of the profound treasures of the blessings that he has showered upon us in Jesus. And we know that because God tells us this in passages like we're going to look at this morning. Now, our passage is only one sentence, which for some reason has been divided up into three verses. And really only going to look at one of those verses. But still, listen to the sentence. Listen to the words that God gives Paul to say. And you decide if this is what you want your life to look like and feel like. And if you do, I invite you to pay attention just a little bit longer as we reflect on two big questions this morning. The first is what Thanksgiving looks like. And the second is, where does it come from? So 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18. Ready? Here it is. One sentence. Kids, you can all hear this. 
Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's Father reading of what can only be God's own word. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you uh, that you have given us your word to reveal to us your will. And we thank you that your will for us is so encouraging and is so full of wonderful gifts. But Lord, we know that your word will not produce the fruit that you desire it to produce in us without the work of your spirit. And so, Father, we pray that your spirit would go forth this morning with your word. We pray that it would give us ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to understand. Father, we pray that uh, the words of my mouth is your preacher and that the meditation of all of our hearts is those called to hear and to receive and to submit ourselves to your word, that it would all now be pleasing in your sight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So what does thanksgiving or giving thanks look like? I want to say two things. First, we need to see that we are commanded to give thanks, which is not exactly the same thing as feeling thankful. Now, let me explain. Uh, Like happiness and joy or sadness, thankfulness is an emotion. It's something we feel. I think that's important to say. Thankfulness is an emotion. Now, like any emotion, we are not all called to feel it the same way or with the same intensity. Some of us have very intense emotions, and you know who you are. Uh, Some of us don't, and we know who we are, (laughs) but we all have them. And that's a good thing because God has given them to us. And God has given them to us because he has them, and he wants us to share in them with him. In the Bible, God reveals his own emotional life to us. We see God mourn. We see God rejoice. He feels anger. He feels compassion. In fact, he feels so much compassion that he says frequently in the prophets that his heart cannot stand the idea of being without his people. And then in Jesus, we see God's emotional life expressed in our own humanity, clothed in our own human emotions. We see Jesus weep, both externally with big giant tears and also internally as he grieves in his heart. We see Jesus get frustrated that his people don't believe that he wants to be good to them and take care of them. And of course, we see Jesus over and over and over again rejoice and be thankful. Do you think he got invited to weddings because he was dour and sad or because he was joyful and thankful and spread that where he went? So when God talks about giving thanks here, the first thing we need to see is that he's talking about an emotion that he himself has and that he has shared with us, which is the emotion of thankfulness. And I say all of that because we don't often connect our emotional life and God's emotional life, which is probably why when we talk about holiness, we don't usually think about our emotions. Or if we do our thoughts, or at least in my experience, my thoughts, tend toward getting rid of emotions, ignoring them, tamping them down. 
But it seems to me that since Jesus, in both his humanity and his divinity, has an emotional life, and since he's given us emotions that are a lot like his, that holiness cannot mean getting rid of them or denying the existence of our feelings. Instead, holiness must mean learning how to feel the way Jesus feels and how to express or give our emotions to God and to each other in a way that looks like Christ. There are ways of expressing our emotions that are holy, meaning that they are good and they're helpful because they look like the way Jesus expresses or gives his own emotional life to us. And that's what Paul is calling us to hear when he calls us to give thanks. He's not just saying, feel thankful. He's saying, give thanks. Express your emotions of thankfulness. Use your words. Tell Jesus thank you. Tell each other thank you. Don't just have the emotion. Express it. Say it. Give thanks. Give your thankful feelings to each other and to God using your words. Now, how do we know that giving thanks looks like speaking, like saying we're thankful? How do we know that's what holy, um, holy thankfulness looks like? Well, as I said before, in all of, but two of Paul's letters, Paul starts by giving the church his feelings of thankfulness. And he does that by saying to the churches that he's writing to, I am thankful for you. In fact, I'm so thankful, I tell Jesus, thank you for you. Now, this element of Paul's writing is something that we overlook, or at least it's something that I overlook, you know, as we're, we hasten to get to the deep doctrinal things. But privately, in his letters, Paul tells us, he gives his feelings of thanks to Jesus in prayer. And that when that feeling of thankfulness, when that prayer involves other people, Paul makes it public. He tells the people he's thankful for, hey, I want you to know I pray prayers of thanksgiving to Jesus because of you. Paul gives the feeling of thanks he has already given Jesus to those around him with his words. Now, I know this seems a little pedantic, right? Like, Matt, are we really paying you to tell us that giving thanks means to tell people thank you? But, but my friends, when you have thankful feelings about your spouse or your children or your parents or your friends or your church or your coworkers, but you don't share them, when you don't give your thankful feelings to them in words, how are they going to know? And more importantly, how are they going to experience that thankfulness with you? I mean, isn't this why God shares his thankful feelings with us? So in God, John's gospel, Jesus give th gives thanks to the Father in several places because we have been given by the Father to him. And we get to hear Jesus 
give thanks to the Father that He gets to save us. And we hear Him tell the Father, thank you that we get to live together forever. All of that makes Jesus feel thankful even as He's going to the cross. And because Jesus feels thankful that He gets to have us and die for us and live with us, Jesus gives those feelings of thanks and public prayer to God, and thus he gives them to us too, and we get to experience God's own joy with profound gratitude at the idea of being together with him forever and to know that he is so delighted with that. So what does giving thanks look like? It looks like taking our emotion of thankfulness and giving it to others with our words, just like Jesus does. That's the first thing I want to say. I have one more thing I want to say about what giving thanks looks like. The way we give thanks will change depending on our circumstances. The way we give thanks will change depending on our circumstances. So notice we're commanded to give thanks in all circumstances. We are not commanded to give thanks for things, for all things. We are not commanded to give thanks for sin or death or cancer. But we all are called to give thanks when our circumstances include things like cancer and sin and death. Which means that the way we give thanks is going to look different depending on what our circumstances are. If things are easy and happy, giving thanks will probably look like what we normally envision it to look like, clapping your hands, laughter, hugging, joy. But when things are hard or scary or sad, giving thanks is going to look very different. It will probably look like a mix of emotions, and it, and it might even be given to God or other people with tears, at the same time. I wrestled with whether or not to do this, but I'm going to. So let me give you an example from my own life. I'm going to be vulnerable here. Uh, many of you know that my grandmother died in 2018. My grandmother and my grandfather, Graham and Papa, were a humongous part of my life. And Papa died in 2010. After Graham died... I went upstairs to be alone, and I was crying very hard. And I was praying to Jesus off and on as I was weeping. And as I was pouring my emotions out to Jesus, I found myself giving thanks for all the ways that Graham had blessed my life. And then at the end, I found myself, I was a little surprised I was doing it, but I was doing it. I found myself ending that prayer by singing the doxology with a, a wet, broken voice. I was not thankful she was dead. I am not thankful she's dead. I wasn't thankful for death or for sin that brought death into the world. But in the circumstances of death, Jesus had brought me to a point where I was able to give him thanks in that circumstance with tears and with heartache 
but thanksgiving nonetheless. It's important for our spiritual holiness. It's important for our looking like Jesus to learn that the circumstances we are in will change the way that we give thanks. We need to learn that in all circumstances, we can indeed give thanks, even if it has a tremendous amount of heartache and brokenness mixed in with it. And in that light, I think it's important to add this too. So a little bit more vulnerability. Uh, I, I did not do the same thing when Papa died. And I spent a lot of time feeling guilty about that because I worried that maybe it showed that deep down I wasn't as thankful for him as I was for Graham. Maybe I didn't love him as much as I did Graham. And as I was wrestling with this in prayer with Jesus, reading the Bible, Jesus taught me something that I think is important to share. So having shared the first story, I think I need to share the second one. Jesus taught me that the reason I didn't weepingly sing the doxology in prayer after Papa died is not because I did not love him equally. It's simply that I wasn't spiritually or emotionally mature enough. I wasn't yet holy enough to know how to do that yet. I hadn't had my emotions conformed to Jesus' emotions in that way yet. And I say that because... As we grow in holiness, we will look back and see that the way that we expressed our emotions wasn't as Christ-like as the way we would express them now. When you see that, give yourself a break. Maturity doesn't come instantaneously. And Jesus gives more grace. Now, if there was sin involved, like confess it. Go ask for forgiveness. That's also part of emotional holiness, right? Acknowledging emotional sin and asking for forgiveness. But if sin wasn't involved, like it wasn't in the two different reactions to my grandparents' death, then just rest in the knowledge that Jesus' grace is sufficient for you, that his power is made perfect in weakness, and that he makes all things beautiful in his time and according to his plan. Okay, having said all of that, let's conclude by preaching a second sermon, uh, which is our second point, which is where does thankfulness come from? Thankfulness comes from seeing God's good gifts. That's where it comes from. It comes from seeing God's good gifts. So if we're going to mature in giving thanks in all circumstances, we need to learn how to see God's goodness in our lives. Now, the easiest and most common way to do that in the Bible is prayer. Who here prays before eating? Do you, do you know where that comes from? You're going to say the Bible. Yes. Specifically, uh, it comes from Jesus, who seems to give thanks to God before every meal. Now, why does Jesus do this? There is no command to pray before me in the Bible. There's no way, nowhere in the Bible you read, eat before you pray or you don't come into heaven. That is not, you don't even read, you should think about praying before you eat. That's not anywhere specifically in Scripture. And yet, in the Gospels, every time before Jesus eats, he prays. And so it invites a question, like, why does Jesus do this? Why does he give this to us as an example? And why did he make this his own particular practice. 
Well, here's why I think Jesus does this for our good, for us to learn from. As a people, or just as people, we get so focused on what we want that we forget what we have. And even if we do realize what we have, we don't necessarily think of it as a gift that God has given to us. But we'll view it as something we have earned and deserved, and I have this by right, forgetting that every good and perfect gift comes down from God as a gift. There is nothing you have received, including whatever you've earned through your own work, that has not been given to you by Jesus. James tells us that. Every good and perfect gift has come down from the Father of lights who does not change like shifting shadows. And by praying before a meal, which is something we do every day, who here eats three times a day, six or seven, eight, nine, twelve times a day. Uh, if you pray before you eat, Jesus is teaching us to create an opportunity multiple times a day to look at the world that's around us, the food that's in front of us, the life that he's given to us, and to be thankful for what we have. We create an opportunity to feel thankful when we pray before enjoying God's good gifts. And then, because it's a prayer, which is something you do with your words, we actually get to give those feelings of thanks to God. And then hopefully that produces a giving of thanks to others as we give thanks to God for what he's given. I think this is why Jesus prays before he eats. He's profoundly thankful for his father's gifts, and he wants to give him thanks. And as those who want to look like Jesus and be holy like Jesus and have holy emotions like Jesus, this practice teaches us to see God's good gifts and to feel thankful even when things are hard and to give thanks. Thankfulness comes from seeing God's good gifts and then taking God's good gifts to him in prayer is a great way to learn to see God's good gifts to you. But not just in your life. And I'm going to end with this. As I was reading through Thessalonians in preparation to preach this sermon, uh, the Lord brought me up short. I realized as I was reading that I had planned to preach a sermon and because this is how I live my life, that tends to really only think about God's good gifts individualistically to me. Right? God's good gifts to me, my blessings, the grace I've been given from Jesus, me, my, I. And then as I was reading chapter 2, verse 13, this sentence brought me up short. This is what Paul says. He goes, For we, this is Paul and his co-authors, For we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God. I realized Paul was thankful for the way that God had blessed the Thessalonians. And that struck me so hard. So I started reading Thessalonians again, and I saw over and over. You should go home and read 1 Thessalonians. It's five chapters. It'll take you about 15 minutes. You'll see over and over again Paul's thankfulness to God's gifts to them. 
And I realized that Paul isn't just thankful for God's goodness in his life. He's thankful for God's goodness in other people's lives. I'm thankful for the way he's protected you and healed you and loved you and provided for you and made you know Jesus. And then it struck me like, do I do that? Am I emotionally holy enough to see God's good works in other people's life and to rejoice with other people and to give thanks when God does something good for others and to see the good things that God is doing in other people's lives? And then, and here's the last thing I'll say, and then I realized how important this kind of thanksgiving is to the holy community that God wants us to be. Because you'll notice that Paul gives thanks for what God is doing in the Thessalonians, which means he's giving his giving thanks is not only to Jesus, but for Jesus' people. And in giving them that thankfulness, in giving to the Thessalonians his own thankfulness to Jesus for what he's doing in their life, he's helping the Thessalonians to see God's goodness in their life. He's saying, hey, I'm thankful that God protected you. He did protect me. Thank you, Jesus. I see that now. And by pointing out what God is doing in their life and giving thanks for that, he's then inviting them to join him. And he's not only inviting them to join him in giving thanks for it too, he's also inviting them to see God's goodness in his life and give thanks for it. Right? Hey, I'm, I see that God protected you. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for him protecting me. And that makes me realize he protected you. I'm thankful God protected you. This creates what I see now as something of a cycle of thankfulness. Where I give thanks to God for his good gifts to you and to me. And you give thanks to God for his good gifts to me and to you. And together, regardless of what's going on, we're giving thanks in all circumstances. Imagine what our fellowship would be like. Imagine what it would look like if we told each other with words that we have thankful emotions for God's good gifts, which includes you and what God is doing in your life. My friends, giving thanks in all circumstances is something I hope that we all mature in and grow in holiness in. And Thanksgiving is a great time to do that. Uh, so let me set you a challenge. And I realize this won't exactly be possible in every family gathering. Dynamics are different. We all understand that. But if it is, here's my challenge. Give thanks for those around you at the table in words. Give thanks for the gifts around you in words. Tell the people who are seated around the table with you, I am thankful for you. And if possible, do it like Paul in being thankful for something specific that Jesus is doing in their life. And then celebrate that in prayer before you eat. Let's try and create a thankfulness cycle. Let's try and create a community where we get to experience the profound treasures of the blessings which Jesus has showered upon us 
and thus know the freedom of gratitude that comes with that joy through Christ. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, please help us to develop a cycle of thankfulness here at Grace. Help us to see your goodness in each other's lives and help us to see it in our lives. And please teach us to give thanks to you for that goodness in our prayers and to speak about our thankfulness for you and for each other to each other. Make us to be a community that is known for our thankfulness and for our emotional holiness. Uh, Make us to look and act and speak and think and even emote like our Savior. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.